Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, episode 59, with myself, Carmine, at Carmine's Cards, the sports broadcaster right down here in South Carolina, in Greenville specifically. That was the accent of the area, believe me, Craig. Craig has the Long Island accent. That's where he's from. Right now, he's a math teacher and a soccer coach in New York City and has branded himself accordingly at New York City Sports Cards. Great, great Instagram handle. And today, Craig, for episode 59, we're stealing a title and a tidbit from our good buddy Oz, our fellow Wolfpack member, a.k.a. the People's Mailman, a great friend in real life and in the hobby. And the title is Communication is Lubrication. And we're keeping it clean. The lubrication is just in order to talk about how communication is eased in the process of making a deal. You know, the the effective communication leads to an effective deal. If it's not an effective communication, then there's a lot of friction. So let's go through the definition Craig, real quick, and then and then you can jump in. Lubrication, the action of applying a substance such as oil or grease, in this case, communication is the grease, to an engine or component, in this case, a card deal, as to minimize friction and allow smooth movement. So effective communication leads to a smooth deal, which is the lubrication. I know some dirty minds out there listening to the Crosstown Cardboard Podcast may be taking this in a different direction. That is not the direction we're going toward. We're going to talk about it as it relates to card deals. So, Craig, thank you for allowing me to select a slightly edgy title for this episode. But uh, we're going to get into a couple deals that had good communication and poor communication and how that affected the end result of those deals as well. Yes, thank you for the description of the title. It's just it is catchy. So shout out to Cousin Oz. But mm-hmm. yeah, one of the things we, we always talk about here is just good communication and how much we hate stuff like being left on red. Um, obviously, we have some card deals that go into this, but you're going to talk about some good, some bad communication you've had. I have a new friend from South Korea as a result of all this. So right. yeah, another week in the hobby and another uh, opportunity to talk about some of the deals we made, our buys, our sells, and hopefully something that listeners could resonate with. And yes, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a PG-13 title, perhaps, but <laughs> maybe that'll get some more clicks. Yeah, maybe it will. You know, and if it doesn't, we still love the loyal listener base that we've developed. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, just, you know, if you could like and subscribe, leave a comment, rate, review on YouTube and all the podcast platforms. If you like what we're doing here, just trying to bring some authentic, you know, two guys talking cards around the age of 30, give you a little perspective on more we're going through. So hopefully that can relate to you and, you know, push your hobby journey and enjoyment forward or just pass the time in the car or at work. That's great too. Cause we've been getting some great comments on that. So Craig, let's talk about the deal that you made because it involves a card that you recently mentioned, which was not game used contrary to our title a couple episodes ago, but it was still a pretty awesome card. Yeah. Again, the hypocrisy of me, to pick up a non-associated patch card a week after the title word game used, guys. But yeah. regardless, 
Um, I have this card in hand. I got to say, and you can really see it in the light right now. That is a gorgeous card. The yeah. black prisms hit different. And this is a Hungman Sun, Harry Kane, Tottenham, dual patch, black prism, one-on-one from Select, Premier League. The patches are non-associated. Come mm-hmm. on, have you ever posted a card on eBay or Facebook or Instagram and you noticed that card in particular got a ton of traction? Yes, I have. Can you think of one card off the top of your head? Um, let me just look at my Instagram here. You know, it's really the more unique, any type of really unique card. Um, wow, a, a Magic Johnson. This is really rare for me. The Magic Johnson, um, you know, ending part of the S, the flawless letter patch of Magic got 652 likes. Wow. On my Instagram. Yeah, that was a lot because I only have 3,140 followers. So yeah, ratio. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of likes. So I think anything that has the wow factor uh, and a magic one of one flawless auto that I posted got almost 400 likes. Very so, nice. yeah. Anyway, we collect what we like. But I think in this hobby, I don't dislike validation you know the that feeling of, of posting not. something and you get a lot of feedback you get a lot of comments i i don't think i've ever gotten more traction on a card than this one right here i really? posted it i posted on ebay my instagram story instagram post three different facebook groups and just the interest of the card was there people wanted wow. it people really, really okay. wanted it i just okay. think the, um, there's a really strong tottenham collector base um Okay. Son himself being from South Korea, there's a lot of South Korean collectors who really like him. Right. So, okay. Gotcha. Remember, this is the card that I bought for four seventy five from Mealy Pops. Shout out to Mealy Pops. Yep. Um, put it on eBay. This was last Saturday that I bought the card. It got shipped to me on Thursday. Put it on eBay. Put it on Facebook. Got some few offers there. Few offers here. I mean, within a day of posting it on eBay, I think I had over twenty different offers come in. Wow. A lot of them around like the three to 500 range. Okay. And all of a sudden I get this offer that comes in. Boom. Thousand bucks. And it was a, an eBay user from South Korea. Now we talk about communication. That's yeah. the, the title of this episode. Right. If you could just see what I'm working with. This guy messaged me so many times. Just oh hey, like, will you ship to South Korea? Is this Okay. He messaged um, want- you, what, seven times in a row before he yeah. responded? Kind of a savage move on eBay to send like eight different t- messages when you could have just sent that all in one. But great <laughs> communication regardless right. from right. my new friend from South Korea, Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, underscore, ah. underscore 2566. Yeah. And he sent an offer for a 1000 And I actually really considered it. You know, what was going now through you, my head? Well, you, bought this, you bought this card for how much again? 475. Okay. And you did not accept the offer to double your money right away. It's funny you say that. Profit is profit. And I was talking to our, our good friend, John, who's the messy collector. He always comment, John Vito. He always comments on our YouTube channel. Okay. He's a good Thanks, friend. John. And I kind of consulted him about it. And he says, like, he's like, 1000 is a great offer. You should take that. For mm-hmm. me, I was thinking it in terms of, well, what will I net after eBay? Probably 850. What kind of profit am I working with there? And my response to him was, I don't know. I feel like I can get more for it. And now that uh, I'm going to a couple shows in the future, I would like to have those heavy hitters with me. This being one of those soccer cards. Okay. So you $375 profit after fees, you said I can do better. So I countered 
the thousand dollar offer at fifteen hundred, thinking we. What, what, what did you list this at? What did you list it at originally? Two thousand. Okay. Wow. The guy came back with a one thousand and fifty one zero five zero offer, so not much of an increase from the original thousand. Right. And after some consideration, talking to a lot of friends, I accepted the offer. Wow. And I, it's funny because I paid for shipping. I did free shipping. I paid for insurance. So I ended up netting 860. So still a really solid profit from a $475 card that I purchased literally a week ago. Yeah. So I'm certainly not mad about it. But then <laughs> I started talking to this eBay user on Instagram. He was able to find my account through my eBay page. Somewhere along the messages, I had said to him, hey, like, if you want to message me on Instagram, we can, you know, talk about a price offline. He must have missed that message. But uh, once he paid for the card on eBay, he then messaged me on Instagram. Gotcha. And was like, oh, you know, we were going back and forth. Really good conversation. He likes to do deals offline, too. I said, oh, I wish you would have messaged me separately, you know, beforehand. Yeah. We could have closed yeah. this deal through PayPal. He would yeah. have saved some money. I would have saved some money. Yeah, you but would have communication and a lot of money, like a good a, amount, hundred forty bucks, right? Something like you. that. And yeah, the communication back and forth was really solid, and I think that's what made this interaction even better. Where we both kind of agreed, like might might be a little too much at this point to send you a refund and then reship it out. So let's just chalk it up as a loss. Next time we'll try to make the deals offline. But the communication was right. great. Right. But I appreciate right. that end of the deal. And um, I got my 860. I'm shipping that out. Um, another element of it, it's really something to consider when you ship internationally. Because of the price of the card, this is going to go through eBay authentication. So now it's up to eBay to ship the card to South Korea, which I kind of feel a little better about than if I sold him the card directly. Now I'm worried about making sure the card goes from my apartment in New York City to his place in South Korea. So something about having eBay as the middleman where I almost don't mind the the extra money that I could have made by selling it offline. I kind of feel better that eBay's in the middle because they're going to authenticate it. They're going to package it up properly and they're going to send it out to South Korea. I did not know that's how it works. So you're saying that you don't have to pay the international shipping fee? I don't think so because I paid shipping out of pocket and it cost me like seven bucks. Wow. It, it goes to eBay. That's the initial address. It goes to Florida. Then they're going to ship it out to the buyer in South Korea. I had the same thought, but yeah, I paid regular price for shipping. So I don't know. Huh. Okay. I hope they don't like take that back out of your account later, you know, and say, I'd like to see them try whatever. Have you already gotten the money? Has it hit your account? Um, It's in like the payments. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to do an update on that too, because that'll be interesting to see if they, cover the international shipping or if it ends up coming out of your bottom line at the end. But either way, it's still a massive profit. That's you were so good at doing that. It's incredible picking up those those. I guess you could call it deep value, your deep value purchases, you know, that you see value in that maybe you're freeing up from the card store and putting out into a bigger landscape of all these different, you know, people collect cards for so many different reasons on different teams, sports, countries, continents. Yeah. And you just find them on by putting it out there and freeing them from the local card store. Yeah, and it really is not all about profit. I'm not going to turn down a $400 profit in a week because this is the type of card that even if I couldn't sell it, I would love to for it to be in my collection, to be out at a show. But hey, I'll, I'll take the money because 
that's just going to fund me being able to buy some more cards. Right. Right. No, that's great. And the communication was a key part of that. So what was the, and I know you mentioned the, like, you know, chalking up the eBay fee on both sides as a loss, you know, would have been great if you guys communicated offline, but first deal also shipping internationally, probably nice and, and safer and eBay's, you know, taking the load off and the responsibility to ship that internationally. But what was good about the communication that you enjoyed like leading up to the deal? Um, I just think that this person messaged me on eBay, um, clearly wanted the card, you know, a card when you're selling a card for four figures, you want to make sure someone's actually going to pay. But the communication was so on point that I knew he wanted it, but it was really after the fact, like once the card was already sold and paid, look at these Instagram messages between me and this collector in South Korea. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? If you really think about it, That's here great. I am sitting on my couch last night and I'm just having yeah. a full on conversation with another card collector in South Korea. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really incredible. Cool. That's uh, that's just unbelievable that cards can bring people together from about as far apart as you could possibly imagine, you know, and you've, I mean, you are the international relations guy. I know you're a math teacher, but you're kind of teaching international relations through our podcast because you've done recent deals with a couple people in Poland, with South Korea, and I'm sure with, uh, have you ever done a deal with anybody in Australia before? Oh, good. I've, I've done I've done a few deals with people in Australia. They love hoops over there. Big basketball. Um, I can't remember if Australia. I I did an in-person deal with somebody from England who was visiting New York City. I don't, maybe that's a story <laughs> for another day. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll save that story for another day. OK, well, now we have a little teaser for uh, for the future. But man, that's incredible. That is just incredible. So. Unfortunately, I have uh, my story on the other flip side of that coin where the communication was not lubrication. It actually created a lot of friction in the in the deal. So I mentioned the deal I was trying to work on for the Larry Bird 1981 Tops rookie auto. But the key here is that it's a PSA 9 with a 10 auto. And before I get into the deal, I want to shout out our guy who we recently had on the podcast, and it's Matthew, 1956 Tops guy. And he listens to the podcast as well, which we also really appreciate. And he said, hey, you know, you mentioned the um, pop report on the PSA 9 with an auto grade on the bird as a pop 10. And he said, how do you know that? you know, it's a PSA nine with a 10 auto. How do you know that that's the thing that's a pop 10? And I said, you know what, now that you mentioned, that, I didn't really think about like the auto grade being factored in to the pop report. He said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that PSA doesn't consider the auto grade in the pop report. I'm pretty sure they just consider the card grade. If it has an auto, then they're all in the same pop. So for example, a PSA nine, with an auto authentic would be in the same category as a PSA nine with a nine auto and in the same category as this one, PSA nine with a 10 auto. So there really could be way fewer than 10 in the pop that have a PSA nine with a 10 auto grade. So he, he schooled me, which I appreciate it. Cause I'm like, well, that makes this card even better because it's the highest of the high as far as, what a PSA nine bird rookie auto 
could be with a 10 auto grade. So I was like, okay, well, that makes me want the card more. But so anyway, I was negotiating. I continued negotiating, you know, going off of our last episode. And uh, I was still getting left on red. So remember when we left off on the last episode. And one of the last things that we were talking about was, should I up my offer on this card to 1800 plus the Joe Burrow select tie-dye rookie numbered out of 25, which I'll, I'll just pull up here and, and hold it up on the screen here on the YouTube channel. The Joe Burrow select premier level PSA 8 rookie numbered out of 25. Nice card. Nice card. Very liquid, you you would think. During the we're NFL tie-dye season. guys. Yeah, we, we're definitely tie-dye guys. Shout out to Bill Walton and, and all the hippies. So that card last sold raw for 550 Mine is in a PSA 8, so you figure it's around that range. So the last thing we talked about, Craig, was upping my offer to try and get this Pop 10 Bird Rookie Auto in the best grade with an auto that you can get, Pop 10. So I immediately messaged the guy right after we talked because I was inspired, and I said, really hoping to close this deal, would you do 1750 plus Burrow? Now, there's no comps on this bird. The closest thing to the bird is a PSA 9 with a 9 auto that went for $1,550 in a fixed price on eBay. Somebody bought it for $1,550. So this one being a 10 auto, I'm offering like $750, $850 more value than what the 9 with a 9 auto went. Thought it was a fair fair offer and this guy's been telling me he's looking for 2500 cash mostly cash so he said sorry i've been at a show all day and traveling didn't mean to leave you hanging i'm at a show again today and i sent you this message you did and i said so my offer's on the table he's saying didn't mean to leave you hanging but he's leaving me hanging while he's yeah. saying that you know what i mean because my offer is out there so he said didn't mean to leave you hanging and then i'm like all right so like what's going on? So I said, no worries. Thanks for the heads up. My offer's on the table. If you're interested, left me on red. So then I messaged back a couple days later. This is, so I messaged him on Tuesday when we last recorded then, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, I messaged him on Sunday with that 1750 plus burrow Tuesday. I said, thoughts on my offer. Nothing red again, red again, red again. Or on Instagram, it's seen, but everybody knows it is, you know, you're being left on red. So I, so I messaged again. So that was Tuesday. So I messaged again on Friday. I'm, tr- I'm giving like days of gap here. I'm like, maybe this guy's busy. You know, he's got a $1,750 cash offer plus a five to $600 card on the table. I said, so I messaged on Friday. Would love to hear your thoughts on my offer. Feel like we've had a good discussion up to this point and it'd be great to close a deal. He said, sorry for the delay. So this is now a week after our last message almost. Sorry for the delay. I appreciate your offer, but I'll pass on it. Going to stick to my price now. I have three uh, shows coming up. Stick to my price. I just want cash. Sorry to switch it up on you unless I'm trading for MJ or Curry. I said, "What?" so I, so I really want this burrow to take up some of the cash. So I said, what about 2K plus burrow and I cover PayPal goods and services fees? 
2K net to you. I said, and that gives you more than the value that you wanted. And 80% of it is made up of cash. Seems very reasonable. Don't tell me he left you on red again. Red. Left me on red on Friday. So I messaged back 10 hours later. I said, feel like that's a strong offer that hopefully makes both of us happy. Does that work for you? Left me on red again. Dude, you, you are thirsty. I'm thirsty for this card. It's a pop 10. It's it's Bird's rookie auto. It's a pop 10. You know what I mean? So then I I sent one last message yesterday. And I said, let me know when you can. No pressure. Just hoping to hear from you so we can complete our deal. Red. Can you believe that? If you have to over communicate for a deal. It's like the law. We we love good, solid communication, but if it takes so much from your end, like yeah. it, I don't know. That takes away from it. Like, right, it, right, right. No, it does. It wasn't it meant does. to be. I'm sorry, it Carmine. Does. It just wasn't yeah, meant no, to be. I, no, you're right. You're right. And so since then, you know, sometimes when you're so thirsty, and by the way, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm thirsty for a bird grail. You know, I mean, it's the best grade you can get his rookie auto in. Pop 10. I know I've been emphasizing that a lot, but I'm juiced up about the card. Not anymore, not anymore as much. But you know, I was I was thinking about the deal, and I've heard some other people say this too. Is like when the when the deal was so strenuous to complete, sometimes it can sour you completely on the card, and you're like, I don't even really, you know, even if I did get this card, now it was such a struggle that you know, and I and I feel like I should have been treated with much more respect in that deal, also because I got two thousand dollars on the table. In a, in a tough card market, you know, I mean, I feel like that's a very fair offer with a, with a value that's $2,500, $2,600. And the one that was a PSA nine with a nine auto just went for 1500. So I'm giving you a thousand dollar markup for the 10 auto. Now I know it's a rare card. You could ask whatever you want, but you know, that at least deserves a response, you know? So it's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, that deal is is seems like it's dead it might just be dead for now maybe it'll be reignited but uh and then i thought to myself okay go go ahead go ahead i was gonna say that deal is just about as gone as your sleeves right now my sleep my uh i i I found this uh 49ers cutoff i'm a big vintage t-shirt vintage sweater like crew neck guy especially like anything sports so you know i got the 49ers i feel like christian mccaffrey hitting the hole right now with, with uh, the sleeves ripped off. But uh, anyway, I don't look that purdy. Sorry, I had to, nice. sorry, I had, sorry, I had to throw nice. that in there. Um, that one. Yeah, um, so. Listen, it wasn't meant to be, that grail. And I think future you is going to be happy that you have that cash for life or for a cooler card that comes along your way. Yeah, because, you know, we were talking about I was going to have to take some of my life money out to – facilitate this deal because i only have about twelve hundred dollars in the card fund and if i was gonna fork over that 2k then it was gonna be 800 out of my life fund which wouldn't have set me back like terrible and we talked about over like the course of two months i would have made enough money for my job to you know replenish that life money but you know and an interesting thing so i started doing a little bit more research and i saw that I, it doesn't have to be like a PSA nine with a 10 auto that I get of this bird, um, you know, rookie auto. 
because I mean it's still pretty rare overall. You look at the um, number in the pop report of PSA that have you know the 1981 tops bird rookie card autographed. There's 192 in the total pop, and so like I said, the PSA nine grade autographed is a pop ten. But then you look at the PSA eight and also autographed, and it's a pop twenty five. And I saw the one that most recently sold in a PSA eight with a ten auto grade. It went for five hundred. Hold on, the same card that you were going to buy in a nine ten, the yeah. eight ten went for five hundred. Correct. And you were about to pay twenty five hundred. Yeah. That seller is an absolute fool for not taking your deal. And I think you may have dodged a bullet. I, I honestly, I did not see this eight with a 10 auto grade before I, I was looking at like nine with a 10, I was looking for nines with a 10 auto. And then the nine with the nine auto was the one that I was really going off of. But then when I simmered down a little bit and maybe I did see this and just kind of ignored it. But yeah, I mean, so I looked at September 21st, the same card in a PSA 8 with a 10 auto went for $512. Do you, do you remember the on bids, 21st? On do you remember the 21st night of September? <laughs> what are you, earth, earth wind, and fire? Very you, nice. you said September 21st. You laid it up for me. Very nice. Very nice. So, you know, it just it just wasn't in the cards for that purchase i guess but you know now seeing the psa 8 with a 10 auto and knowing that i could save two thousand dollars to go for that and it's not like the psa 9 card of bird is a low pop it's 1500 in the pop without the autograph and the psa 8 i think is like a 3500 pop on the bird rookie so like these are not rare cards it's just the autograph that really sets it apart but if i could find a psa 8 with a 10 auto i know it's only a, a pop 25 with the PSA eight with an auto grade. I think that's, you know, now where I'm leaning because it, I don't have to have the primo version of every single bird card, you know? I, so it kind of gave me a, a dose of humble pie and made me realize that, you know, if the communication isn't there, then the lubrication for the deal is not going to be what it should be. And it just might not happen. Like you said, it might not be meant to be. It was not meant to be. But we could flip the script and talk about some really good communication we've had as well. Yeah. With the same person. Yep. Yep. So why don't you tell yours first? So we've talked about Dave on here, Extraordinary Cards. Yep. And any deals I've made with him have always been really smooth. So he posted a bunch of stuff for sale. And I said, hey, Dave, what values do you have on these three? And there was one I really wanted. He said, let me check what... Let me check what I paid. So the open and transparency we appreciate. Yep. Um, the Vic is a one of one. We put it at two fifty. So I said, "Oh, I didn't know the woods were one of one." Cool. He said, "Me neither." And I said, "Well, would you look at that?" Oh. And he hits me with a but um in, in GIF form. So anyone that sends me a GIF, a playful GIF, I appreciate that as part of the communication. <laughs> right. Any chance you could do two hundred cash on the Vic? And he said, "I can't." And I said, "All good." So I said, what's the cash number you need on it? And he said, 250. I said, well, that's what you valued it at. So makes sense. Trades too or not? Nah? He said, not at this time. Also, I'll ship it after Dallas. I said, copy that. So I slept on it. So yeah. I said, 
the next morning, all right, I want this Vic. And he said, 250 is what I could do. And I said, let's do it. That's a deal. You want to pay now or next week when I have the card? I said, I'll pay it now. We'll lock it down. Easy, easy yeah. communication with a little bit of jokes in there. Now, as far <laughs> as the card itself, why did I buy this 2005 Topps Turkey Red Michael Vick Wood card, a true one of one? Which, first of all, that was like my prime years of collecting. I remember going to Target, yeah, getting packs of Topps yep. Turkey Red and just hoping to pull the jersey cards. Yep. And I, I by the way, by the way, check this one out. Alex oh, Rodriguez. Turkey red. Oh. Turkey red. And it's red. It's numbered out of 50. Red being left on red. Sexy oh. red. Oh, oh, yeah. Ski. Wait, ski for all the youngsters out there. Thumbnail opportunity. Hold up that oh. turkey red card. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you got to refresh your screen. There we go. There we go. So the reason I picked that one up got is it. I just booked my flights for Atlanta. Culture That's collision. Right. That's right. January 26th. It's happening. So I'll be there. We'll be meeting up for the second time. Boom. So culture collision, a big giant card show in Atlanta. Seems like the perfect place to have a true Michael Vick one of one from 2005. So playing years. Yeah. Um, definitely not a card in my collection, but a card I'm very much so looking forward to having out at my table at an Atlanta show. And a nice positive interaction with Dave. Extraordinary cards along the way to get it. Yep. Yep. Smart buys. Smart buys. You always do a great job of buying ahead also with, uh, you know, knowing where you're going. Like when you bought the the uh, Nuggets patches and you had the John Elway autograph before you went to Colorado, Denver area. You know, you're good. You're good. You know, you know your people. You know your market. What can I say? I'm trying to think two oh. steps ahead here. But how how much easier and how much better are those deals to like just, you know, and by the way, that's not built up like overnight, you know, that like, how long have you known Dave for like, you know, can you elaborate a little bit more on how that relationship is built up over time? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say at least online communication. And when I see him at shows, we'll, we'll chat here and there for a few years now. So you develop that transparency where right. he'll tell you straight up like this is what I paid. So yep. You as the buyer, like from our end, you, we know what he needs to get out of it. So develop relationships with enough people. And then we could just have those honest conversations. Like uh, whatever the comp is, whatever you want to pay, this is what I paid. So yep. if you want this card, you have to pay me more than that. That's just that's just how the game works. Yep. And basically for my deal with Dave. Um, Which was a day we, after mine, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was funny. It was extraordinary, actually. But. You know, when you look at what the phrase you just said, what does he need to get out of it? And that's the almost the same exact question I asked him. Uh, he had this card listed at 200 bucks, and I thought it was just sick when I saw it on his story sale. And, and it applies to our game used card episode just a couple episodes back. It's this dual patch numbered five out of five. It's leaf. But it's game used. Dr. J on the top with the bottom of the R, I believe, in Irving. And then Charles Barkley on the bottom with a piece of the Suns logo. You can kind of see the sun, the different two tones of orange with the purple in the middle. And uh, and I just thought that was such a cool combination. You know, those two guys starting off with Charles Barkley's career being on the 76ers. Shout out to Cousins Collectibles 
and Oz, the people's mailman, for being huge Philly fans. I just thought that was an awesome connection. You know, Dr. J taking Charles Barkley under his wing. Although Barkley says Moses Malone was really the main one who got him there. But I mean, what a what a combo. Charles Barkley in his younger years and then moved on to the Suns, made it to the NBA Finals against Michael Jordan and the Bulls with Scottie Pippen and those fellas. And, uh, you know, became MVP of the league on the Suns. So anyway, I thought that was a real cool combo. So he said 200 was what he was asking on his story sale. So I said, do you like, do you have a value to go off on, on this? Or like, how are you? I can't find any comps because I couldn't. And he said that was more of a starting point. So I was like, oh, that's great. So I so I asked him the question, basically exactly what you said. And I said, where do you need to be on it? Because I've developed a relationship with Dave similar to you. He said 160 question mark. And I said 150 friends and family question mark. He said, um, perfect, basically. And he was like, yeah, vent, let, let's do it, you know. And it was literally five messages uh, total, you know, like three from me and two from him. And and it was done. And I got this awesome patch card that kind of helped me recover a little bit from how I was soured on the lack of communication in the big, you know, Larry Bird rookie auto deal. But then I, you know, I salvaged a little bit of hobby positivity and was able to, to go to, you know, a trusted friend in the hobby who had an awesome card and just get that deal done real quick for 150 bucks. And, you know, maybe that's something that I put away for a little bit or, you know, probably bring that out at culture collision and set up, you know, because I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of NBA fans there. The Hawks there, big, you know, market, top 10, uh, you know, population size in the country. So, um, but it was so refreshing to go from the lack of lubrication that I had with my communication with the bird deal. And I'm not going to say I was lubricated with the Dave deal because I don't quite know him like that. But, but, but the communication was awesome and it was so refreshing to, to have those juxtaposed to each other in a matter of a couple of days. Yeah. So it is funny how good communication, bad communication really can make, make or break the deal to the point. Like, I don't know, maybe if that's just me personally, if you ever were able to close a deal on that bird, it's like the stress that it took you to get there. I don't know. I feel like you would always associate Bro. those interactions with that card. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's sad. It's like, you know, and it's even more stressful. It's not just being left on red. It's being left on red when you've put yourself out there. You've extended an offer. You've put your pocketbook on the table, $2,000 worth. And your heart's pounding waiting for this response. You know, I don't know if that's maybe a little bit dramatic, but for me trying to get a grail card for myself or a card, if you want to rephrase it, that would be a top five card in my collection. You know, my heart's pounding with every message trying to seal this deal. So like you said, it's even worse than just being left on red in general because your emotions are out there and your wallet's out there, which is like, you know, two of the biggest things you could put on the table. Yeah, of course. But um, we got some stuff coming up. November 11th, I will be setting up at the Secaucus show in New Jersey with Rob, the sports card therapist. Tony Cousins Collectibles, Oz the People's Mailman, 
Yes. And three of my friends, Jeremy, Steve, and Tom, all soccer collectors. So I got a nice crew for November 11th. So definitely go to the Secaucus Show in New Jersey. And then January 26th, me, you, Big Ken, going down south to Atlanta. So here I am in the fall thinking like, you know, fall's really busy. I don't get to do too much hobby stuff. Got two really significant shows coming up. Get to hang with my homies. So, yeah, I'm just excited to some fun times ahead. There's a bleaker trade night on November 16th. So, I don't know. There's like drama and stuff that happens in the hobby. I'm making $400 flips in a week. I'm going to trade nights. I'm setting up at shows with my friends. Things are okay as long as uh, as long as everyone's communication is on point. The deals will continue to flow. Yes, yes, and you know we are upholding. You can't control everything. You can't control other people getting back to you. I mean that that's you know out of your control. But what we, me and you, can control is being positive hobby participants and trying to be nice guys, trying to work out you know, deals with other people in a respectful and courteous way. So, you know, that's kind of where I've landed on it, even though it's upsetting that this deal didn't go through. I have the money back in my pocket. I have a lot of hobby friends who I know I can do easy deals with whenever. And, you know, now I can make other moves to maybe set myself up for um, culture collision in Atlanta in, in a few months and participate in the hobby in other ways. It's not like, you know, there's no moving on from that. So, you know, you inspired me also, Craig, because I'm like, you know what? I got to get back on the hobby bandwagon. So I made that purchase from Dave for the Dr. J and Charles Barkley dual patch card. And then I took all these pictures. If you're looking on the YouTube, you can kind of see that I took all these pictures of my cards to post on eBay. And so I'm, I'm going to participate in the hobby that way, try to get some cash or at least have the option to put them on eBay and then see what happens before uh culture collision. So maybe if a, if a bird pops up, maybe the PSA eight with a 10 auto, I know there's not many out there, but that could be a, a situation to pounce on another PC card. But um, so you put buy it now and best offer every time. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do some auctions for stuff that I just, even if it sells for like 20 bucks, just let it, let it run, get rid of it, get a little cash. Buy it now. Best offer is the way to go. It's okay. fun. Honestly, I think eBaying is so fun. And it's still, as far as eyeballs are concerned, still king. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, the buy it now price, you put it like double of what you'll accept for an offer, or does it just depend? Varies card to card. You know, I put this, I was I put this one at 4x what I paid for it because I knew it would get the that type of attraction. And I did get that type of attraction. So yeah. You know what, Carmine? You're a smart guy. You've been doing this. Just use your best judgment. Okay. Thanks, bro. Thanks for the empowerment. I got you. Thanks for the communication. Listen, I, I practice what I preach. When I coach, and there's, there's parallels between hobby and the real life, when I coach, I tell my players the same thing. If you cannot make it to practice or a game, you have to just let me know. I'm trying to build important life skills here. So when these girls graduate high school, they have their jobs, whatever it is. Now they know to communicate. Yeah. So valuable life lessons that uh, correlate with the hobby in that way. Yep. Yep. And I think that's what people respect about you, you know, especially in friendships too. Your communication is not just, you know, the amount of communication, but what you say is honestly what you feel and you hold your friends accountable. You tell them, you know, what you think is best for them. 
And, you know, not that you're trying to control what they're doing. You're just advising them and giving them your honest opinion like a friend would. But your communication is just direct and it's how you feel and it's authentic. And I think that's just a, a great way to be. Much easier said than done to be that way because, you know, you could offend people in the process that aren't prepared to take that direct communication. But it's just it's just easier. It's quicker. It's more effective. And at the end of the day, it usually leads to a better outcome. Yeah, I, I just try to keep it real. Like, I'm about to keep it real with you right now. My food's about to be delivered any second. And I don't want to get up in the middle of the podcast to answer the phone. So uh, maybe this is the right time to cut us off here. All right, bro. Uh, even though that communication was difficult for me, I'll take it. And uh, I guess we'll wrap up episode 59. Okay. <laughs> Peace.